0: What's going on, everybody? Paul Bissonnette here from the Spit and Chicklets podcast and now the TNT broadcast. I just want to give everybody a shout out and make sure you tune in to the ML Sports Platter. It is indeed another edition of the ML Sports Platter. I'm your host, Mike Lindsley. Hit me on Twitter at Mike L Sports and be sure... To download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review for this podcast. Anywhere you get podcasts on your smartphone device, we are brought to you. Bet online. Let me tell you folks about bet online. Look, football might be over, but there's plenty of basketball out there, both pro and college. And hey, head on over to the website or use your mobile device to set up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V. To get started, bet online—the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet online where the game starts. We are also sponsored in part by Stanley Law Offices, Burn Dairy, Bowers and Company CPAs, and our terrific friends over at Burton Ace Hardware. If you're in and around Central New York, get on over to Burton Ace Hardware for everything that you need inside and outside for your home any season. And hey, look—we're closing up shop here, hopefully soon on winter time, heading into the spring and summer. They've got everything you need over there. Potting soil, mulch, you name it. Uh, toilet seats, uh, shovels, and salt uh, still to get through the winter season. It's all there. Bertone's Hardware is a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. So I wanted to spend this entire podcast, and I know some days have been removed um, you know, since this blowout win at the Carrier Dome for the Duke Blue Devils over the Syracuse Orange, but I wanted to kind of just Add my thoughts on the game, uh, recap it a little bit, um, and and tell you kind of what it was like for me to be there. I was sitting, you know, center court, uh, doing stats for ESPN with Dave O'Brien and Corey Alexander. Had a blast doing it, and uh, you know, just wanted to kind of share my experience there and um, you know what 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 I saw from, from both sides, and um, you know certainly where these two teams go from here. Um, just the first thing, obviously, is that Jim Boeheim and Mike Krzyzewski, the two winningest college basketball coaches uh, in men's hoops history, um, you know, meeting for what probably is the final time. I mean, they there is, I guess, a chance that they can meet in the ACC, but um, at least uh, even if they do in the ACC, it's the last one on on a campus, right? And so. Um, you know, the two friends embraced at the beginning of the game. There was a tremendous ceremony. I thought Syracuse did a great, great job. Uh, the creativity of this award mm-hmm. and, and the gifts that they gave, um, you know, Mike Krzyzewski I thought was, was, was creative. It was classy. It was right. Um, they basically gave him a framed photo of a past game with him and Jim Beheim uh, embracing. I'm not sure which game it was. Maybe the first one at the Dome between the two since Syracuse has joined the ACC. Uh, and then um, also, uh, they basically put in his honor, um, and, and it was kind of acting as a gift as well, um, a new award um, for a military student at Syracuse. Um, what a tremendous, tremendous tip of the cap to Coach K, who obviously spent some time at West Point. Uh, he played for Bobby Knight. Um you know he has history there coached at west point and army uh pretty pretty cool stuff that 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 they did that they did that and i think you know to a certain degree <clears throat> people and i'm guilty of it too I, maybe guilty isn't the right word but all of us as sports fans probably at one time or another don't enough say man let's live this up a little bit more you know like let's appreciate A little bit more because you don't, it's not going to last forever. And I feel like both of these guys, Mike Sushevsky and Jim Beheim, are like that. Now, Mike Sushevsky obviously is far superior than Beheim on the all time list. You just have to look at the five NCAA tournament championships, the 12 NCAA Final Fours, 15 ACC tournament champions, 12 ACC regular season championships, three time coach of the year. It goes on and on and on. Um, You know, Beheim obviously wildly successful. But they both represent a few things together, right? USA Basketball, right? They they were on the staff for, for that, won multiple gold medals. You've got the USA Basketball thing. And also the two words, longevity and loyalty. Those are the two big L's for me with these two guys. And L's as in wins, right? Because longevity and loyalty, you just don't see this situation happen that much. In fact, you look at other coaches, <clears throat> who are some of the all-timers, and they've been in multiple spots, you know. Now, granted, Army was a stop for Coach K from 75 to 80, but he's been at Duke since 1980. I mean, he's been there for, what, 42 years. Um, so, Bayheim is even more in rarefied air than Coach K in terms of, you know, being at the one place his entire career, 46 years, et cetera. He was a player, you know, he's an assistant coach, and then they promote him. And off he goes, and here we are in 2022, and Jimmy Boeheim, uh Jim Beheim is still there with his, with his sons, Jimmy and Buddy, playing. Uh, I know there's been a lot made of, well, you know, wait till the sons go, and then he'll go. I, I don't see it. Uh, Beheim has said that he's not doing that. He has a bunch of recruits coming in. He wants to coach them. Uh, I don't know why this is an annual question type of thing for him. Um, everybody should just stop asking him and just let him retire when he wants to retire because he's not going anywhere Right now, he wasn't going anywhere three years ago. He wasn't going anywhere when they had coaching waiting with Mike Hopkins. He was never going anywhere. And he has the right to retire whenever he wants to. And the court is, you know, it's in his name forever at the Dome. And, you know, it's just a remarkable, incredible, loyal, uh, successful, crazy, great career. Um, You know, and Mike Krzyzewski uh, has had a tremendous career as well with four more titles and A lot more Final Fours and, you know, the the tournament championships both regular season uh, or the the conference championships both regular season and in the tournament. But, you know, back to the coaches like Bob Knight, for example. Bob Knight, Indiana. Bob Knight, Texas Tech, right? Like, he was at multiple schools, you know, for solid chunks of time. Bob Huggins at West Virginia, he was a mainstay at Cincinnati before that. But, you know, for a good amount of time for each school, right? Um... Rick Pitino, Rick Pitino has been at Kentucky, he's been at Louisville, he's been at Iona. Um, You know, and I understand in some cases, head coaches, um, you know, they they maximize time at a place for one reason or another, maybe there's some sanctions or uh, they want to move on or, uh, you know, they get kicked out, whatever the case may be. You know, and then you look at some of these modern coaches, like Shaka Smart is still very young. Shaka Smart has been at multiple schools already. You know, I mean, how old is Shaka Smart, if if I'm guessing, is he, I'll look it up right now, but I'm I'm guessing like 52, or excuse me, 42, 42 maybe, oh, he's 44, Um, you know, but Shaka Smart has been at uh, multiple schools already, he's 44 years old, Jim Boeheim has been coaching at Syracuse two years longer than Shaka Smart has been alive, and Shaka Smart already has been at VCU, at Texas and at Marquette. Within the last 12 years, he's been at three schools. Jim Beheim's been at one school for 46 years. It is remarkable. Mike Shishewsky, at Duke 42 years. And there are so many different things, different reasons why, you know, it's amazing. The Blue Devils, they have, for the most part, what we know, they've run a clean program. But there had to have been something going on inside the walls because, frankly, at any of these big time programs, anything is happening behind the scenes. It's just a matter of who gets caught. You know, who's getting the black bag left for him? Uh, you know, who's getting paid here? Who's getting paid there before NIL and all that? Um, you know, there were probably some things that happened at Duke. Maybe they just didn't get caught. Syracuse has been obviously in a heap of trouble many times under Jim Bayheim. Um, you know, I remember when I had heard from somebody who was really in tight with some people close to the program and some people close to the board of trustees at the time where you know the board of trustees kind of met and they were 50-50 um you know half of them wanted beheim to go and half of them wanted him to stay and you know beheim then was forced to the podium say I'm you know in 3 years I'm retiring blah 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 knowing full well he wasn't going to retire and then you know changes happen chancellors in and out you know board of trustee members change ad's change and you know things just kind of go away as time goes on. And Beheim wasn't ever going anywhere, right? Um, and he's almost had kind of like an indefinite contract, anyways. I don't even think that guy's. I don't. I can't even remember, remember the last time that guy signed a contract uh, extension. You know, because it's just figured that he's going to be there. Um, you know, but you can get fired. You know, because of um, sanctions. You can get fired because of academic fraud and, and other situations. You can get uh, fired because of performance. You can leave a job because you want to leave a job for another one in college or even in the NBA. Which, you know, the only other time that Jim Boeheim, and I just literally read this in the book, The Big East, which I would recommend to anybody. Dana O'Neill wrote it. She's one of the best college basketball writers and reporters that we've ever had. Um, the book is just so good, it's mind-boggling. I'm about 85 pages in or so, um, hoping to put a nice dent in it tonight and tomorrow and, and, and be done with it. It is so good. Um, but, you know, really in 86, Jim Beheim, that was that was really the only time, um, you know, when he kind of thought about taking another gig, and that was Ohio State. Other than that, you know, he's never looked at the pros. Um, you know, another job besides Syracuse, not really – Coach K has played around, you know, with the pros, obviously. I mean, he had an opportunity to coach the Lakers late in his Duke tenure. Um, ended up turning it down. You know, Kobe was there at the time. They'd already kind of forged a relationship for obvious reasons. You know, USA Basketball, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, and and then you had, obviously, the situation with the Celtics, um, which was certainly in play um, years before that. So, um, you know, there, there were a lot of, um, different, you know, opportunities, I think, for, uh, Coach K to, to take off, um, you know, and from Indiana to Army to Duke, now he's, you know, here he is, and, uh, he's retiring from Duke after 42 years. The first time came in 1990 for, uh, Coach K, um, remember he had led the Blue Devils to, uh, three straight Final Four appearances, Um, Celtics offered him a coaching job. Oh, you know what? I forgot. He he was offered in 94 by the Portland Trailblazers. Um, 2004 was when he was interviewed by the Lakers following the departure of Phil Jackson. Um, He was given a formal offer from Mitch Kupchak, five years, $40 million, but he turned it down. And then I always forget this one in 2010, the Nets were reportedly willing to pay him between 12 and 15 million per season to coach the Nets. Shishovsky um, declined the offer and, and stayed at Duke. Um, he was offered the Timberwolves position in 2011, but declined the offer and chose to stay at Duke. <laughs> it seems to be the pretty common theme. Um, and I misspoke earlier. Uh, he he and Kobe um, ha- had a relationship, but the timeline uh, it wasn't from USA Basketball in right because if he was offered that job um, when Phil Jackson. Uh, had departed, uh, that was in 2004. And Mike Shashevsky, um, you know, as head coach of the, the men's national team, um, you know, he was in the FIBA Americas Championship 2007 and then the, the World Championship and then the Olympic Games, where he won three goals in Rio de Janeiro, London, Beijing in 2012, 8, 12, and 16. But the Kobe thing, the relationship, how they kind of forged it was, um not through the Olympics at that point, I believe, it was just strictly. Um, you know, the fact that Coach K was really wanted Kobe to go to Duke, you know, and he jumped ship and went to the pros directly out of high school. So um, just a, a remarkable career for Coach K, a remarkable career for, for Jim Beheim. It was awesome to be there to witness those two guys in the building, the pregame ceremony and all the rest. Um, just two tremendous, tremendous friends. But right now, Two completely different programs. And we're going to get into that game. We're going to get into what's next for these two clubs. How much I trust Duke in the tournament as a Final Four contender, National Championship contender. All of that is coming up next. But before that, we're going to get a quick word from our good friends at Carvel of North Syracuse. It's always ice cream season at the locally owned and operated Carvel of North Syracuse and March is no exception. Come on in and get a taste of the Irish all month long. They'll have delicious mint soft serve, mint flying saucers, mint milkshakes, and their amazingly popular cookie O puss cake. All perfect for the St. Patrick's season. Everything at Carvel of North Syracuse is made fresh, so no matter what kind of treat or design you want, they make it happen. Carvel opens seven days a week, brewery. To road in North Syracuse. All right, a couple of thoughts on Duke Syracuse from uh, a few days back. And again, the ML Sports Platter is available on all the major platforms like Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, Deezer, and more. Make sure you download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five star review. We're brought to you by Stanley Law Offices, the Syracuse Fitness Store, and our terrific friends over at Rosie's Corner. Um, first of all, Duke just mm. could not miss in this game. It was right from the jump, it was over. I mean, this game was a disaster for Syracuse. And here's the thing. Going into the game, I said that if Syracuse had any prayer, they were going to have to be able to neutralize two things that Duke does extremely well. One is Duke offensively just rebounds the the hell out of the ball. And and Syracuse, you know, they lost the rebounding battle overall, 32-25. Uh, wait a minute, hang on a minute, 38, that's not right, 38-25, uh, but I think it was 32-25 on the offensive side. So they got murdered on the boards, just mur- no, it was 17-10 on the offensive side, 17-10. to They just got crushed on that end, just absolutely destroyed, and, and really they got killed on both sides. It was Duke's rebounding across the board. The other area was Duke from three-point land. They shot 32 three-pointers. They made 15 of them. Syracuse could not guard the three. They haven't really guarded the three all year long, and in this game in particular, you just can't have that go on because if if you're gonna allow you know all those threes you know to go up, it, it's just they're gonna make them and many were uncontested. Um, you know, and Syracuse had for the most part a pretty solid offensive game. I mean, they shot almost 50% from the floor, 29 to 59. The three-point shooting wasn't great, 5 of 18. But from the floor, two-point shots, points in the paint, etc., they held their own. You know, And they only turned it over seven times. Duke turned it over six. Uh, Duke had 26 assists. Syracuse only had 13. Uh, this was uh, really a man-against-boy situation. Um, it almost looked like for a good chunk of time, In the first half, that uh, this game, you know, was not only man versus boy, not only over, but you kind of had to think to yourself, like in the beginning, when is Syracuse going to score? Just flat out get a basket. And that first basket came from a Buddy Bayheim jumper at the 15 28 mark of the first half. Four minutes and 32 seconds peeled off the clock before buddy Bayheim made that shot and it was it was still over from there I mean my God Duke they just kept pouring it on from three um at one point this game was I mean it was 31 to 9 uh, you look at some of these scores 34 to 13 38 13 41 13 you know uh 48 to 20 51 25 um you know and it was 51 to 34 at the half I mean Duke scored 51 points in the first half you know, um, and then it was just, you know, you get down by that much. I mean, it's super hard to come back. Even, you know, Syracuse got it to within 17 a couple of times, uh, you know, in, in the second half, but just way too difficult to come back from that margin. And when you look at the rosters, you really can tell just just the look test. You know how people say that a lot, like, oh, the look test, like who looks the part? Syracuse, compared to Duke, looks really, really small on that floor. And they have 6'7", Jimmy Bayheim, he gets towered over. They have 6'5", 6'6", Buddy Bayheim, gets towered over. You know, Frank Anselm, 6'9", 6'10", Cole Swider, 6'9", 6'10", Benny Williams, 6'10", towered over. Not just in height, but also they are outmatched physically from a strength standpoint. If you look at Duke's roster... You're dealing with 6'10", 6, 6'11", 6, 225, 230. Bancaro is on that roster. Wendell Moore Jr. is on that roster. You know, Mark Williams is an absolute load at center. A guy who is 7 foot tall and 242 pounds. There isn't a single human being on the Syracuse roster who can answer to that. Now look, Syracuse probably really in this game missed Jesse Edwards. There's no question. A guy who was not only improving uh this year but could hold it down defensively a little bit and also offensively maybe could have given them a little bit and, and tried to at least neutralize the inside presence of some of those guys i just mentioned but it just wasn't meant to be. I mean you look at these guys the the the, the bodies AJ Griffin 6'225 230. I mean, you know, they just Syracuse doesn't have you know, look 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 at the guards even. I mean, Trevor Keels is 6'4 225. I I was looking at this guy and I'm going, this guy could run through a brick wall. You don't look at Syracuse's roster and go, yeah, he could r- run through a brick wall. Yeah, he could look through, you know, run through a brick wall. Cole Swider is, you know, 6'9", 220. But then you have Paolo Bencaro, you know, who you can put right up next to him, who's 6'10", 250. <laughs> You know, for every 6'9 guy on Syracuse who's 220, Duke has a 6'10, 250 guy. You know, for every guy who's 6'8, 6'7, 6'8, 210, 215, 220 for Syracuse, there's a Duke guy who's 6'7, 6'8, and 230. Right? It's just the look of it was, it was like one team and another, and you're like, there's no way. The Duke Blue Devils have five starters. I think they're all gone after this year. Um, It'll be quite the new year for John Shire taking over without all these guys and Mike Krzyzewski leaving, obviously. But Wendell Moore Jr. is a pro. Griffin, A.J. Griffin's a pro. Uh, Paulo Bancaro is a pro. Mark Williams is a pro. Trevor Keels is a pro. And I heard Corey Alexander say that he thinks all five of these guys are going to go in the first round of the NBA draft, and he said that Paolo Bancaro should be the number one pick um, of the NBA draft because unlike a few of the guys uh, in college basketball right now up for the possible number one spot, including Auburn superstar Jabari Smith, I mean, he's 6'10", 220, Bancaro is way more physical and and has 30 pounds on him, and he just looks like he's chiseled more for an NBA body, that's what Corey Alexander said, uh, and again, I'm paraphrasing, but that's what he, he mentioned on the uh, on the telecast. Um, but it was just it, it was too much. I mean, Duke's just way better. Syracuse may not match up with anybody worse than the Duke Blue Devils. Um, and now, where do these two teams go from here? And, and you know what? A couple of quick thoughts on Syracuse. Uh, Buddy Bayheim 23 points, struggled three for ten from three, but you know was able to put put up 23, which was nice. 18 for Gerard. Um, again, poor shooting game from three, but overall from the field, those guys were fine. They had, you know, solid games, I think. Um, but they got no points out of two starters, man. I mean, Jimmy Bayheim and Anselm didn't score at all. They got two points from Cole Swider. You can't win a game like that. You get two points from three starters, there's no chance. Now look, they got a couple of bench guys uh, who played pretty well, um, considering the circumstance and considering how far they were down. This was kind of a coming out party a little bit and, and a chance for Benny Williams to showcase his skills, I know there's been a lot of question about him coming back next year. Maybe he'd entered the transfer portal. He has said it repeatedly that he is coming back. Um, he's looked media people right in the eye and, and gone on all these press conferences and said, I'm coming back, I'm coming back. There's no need to worry, You uh, know, I'm coming back. But again, things can change. These are young kids. Who knows? But right now, I think Benny Williams could be a big part of the Syracuse outfit next year. In fact, I think he should have played more this year. Uh, 14 points, 6 rebounds in this game. He was 5 for 7 from the floor, 4 for 5 from the line. He got in the paint. He got physical. He didn't back down to anybody. He had a really nice game. Uh, Barama Sidibe had 11 points, 4 rebounds. He had a nice game. And, And, you know, those guys played 30 and 26 minutes respectively. So that was a nice thing to see for the Syracuse Orange basketball team. And, you know, you don't know who's going to come back next year. I mean, all these guys mostly, I think, except for Jimmy Beheim, because the Ivy League had already given him his bonus year. uh, You know, I think all these guys have another year of eligibility if they want it because of the coronavirus. You know, so Sidibe, you know, would he come back? Uh, Benny Williams will be a huge part of this team next year. Again, assuming he doesn't enter the transfer portal. He's a 6'8", 208-pound guy. But he's got to obviously put on a bunch of weight, you know, get a little bit more physical. Again, Benny Williams, 208 pounds, he's given up 20, 30, 40 pounds to, you know, Duke Forwards, right? It's just, it, it just, he looked like a peanut out there. Um, but this has just been an overall disappointing year, obviously, for Syracuse. As I record this, 15 and 14 on the year, nine and nine uh, in conference. Um, and I understand that, you know, when people hear this uh, podcast, they will already have played North Carolina on the road. As I record this, I expect that to be another blowout loss um, for Syracuse. And then Miami at home to try and salvage a 500 season, uh, which is an above 500 season, uh, another winning season in the history of Syracuse basketball. Uh, But again, tall order there. It's an ESPNU game. Um, I'm very intrigued to see if Syracuse can get above 500 because they haven't had a losing season in absolutely forever. In fact, I don't think they've had one under Jim Beheim. You know, once. Um, So just two games left as I record this. Fully expect them to be at 15 and 15 and 9 and 10 in the ACC, uh, losing to Carolina uh, on the road. Um, But Duke just presents too much uh, uh, of a challenge for Syracuse. The mismatch is extremely, extremely, extremely high. Um, And, you know, as far as where Syracuse goes from here, I think it's basically, you know, a, a solid recruiting class next year coming in, not blowaway stuff. Benny Williams should be a big part of this. Um, you know, and then we'll see who comes back, obviously. Uh, you know, Jesse Edwards should be back. Um, you know, he'll be a big part of the team. Um, you know, Anselm coming back as a junior. He's 6'10", 215. You'd like to see him put on 10 to 15 pounds in the offseason. So Syracuse has a lot of work to do. Uh, I don't know if they'll be any better next year. I was tricked going into this year. I thought this team would be a lot better than this. I thought Cole Swider was going to add a ton, but he didn't get, you know, going until kind of late in the year. Um, and they just have a lot of nice players. Um, Anselm, Benny Williams, you know, Joe Gerard, Jimmy Bayheim they're all nice players. Cole Swider, nice player. But they're lacking, for a premier program, they're lacking a ton of athleticism, a ton of talent, uh, don't have a ton of depth. Um, And, and, you know, defensively, they're just awful. I mean, that's just all there is to it. This is one of the worst defensive teams I've ever seen uh, at Syracuse. Now, where does Duke go from here? Well, Duke is a team that just absolutely positively is a Final Four contender yet again, and they are a national championship contender yet again. And I know that there's a lot of people out there who dislike Duke. I'm not one of them. A lot of people don't like them because of, you know, the... I guess maybe the jealousy with the winning and all the other stuff. I I, I don't care about all that stuff. I um, actually like watching Duke play. I've liked Coach K through the years. I I think he's been a classy guy. He's handled the game, uh, handled the ambassador role uh, for the game extremely well. Uh, You could argue that he's not only been the face of Duke basketball uh, the last 42 years, but he's maybe been the face of college basketball for a couple of decades and maybe more as well. You could almost make that argument. Uh, you know, being the head coach of the premier, you know, trademark bullseye on the back program in college basketball, um, this team is absolutely capable of winning it all. And I would like to see Coach K reach a Final Four. Uh, you know, to to close things out. Um, if he won it all, that'd be pretty cool too. Again, the anti-Duke people are throwing up in their mouth right now. I'm not one of those people. But this is a team that early in the year beat Kentucky. They beat Gonzaga, you know, and a lot of people couldn't figure out kind of who they were after that. You know, they lost at Ohio State. Then the schedule really eased up for them. Then they lose to Miami at home. They lose on the road by a point to Florida State, which now doesn't look like a good loss at all because Florida State is completely tanked. But then they win, you know, five more in, in a row, starting with a blowout win over Syracuse at home. They lose to Virginia on that corner three on February 7th, and they have, you know, they they, they, they didn't lose um, – they haven't lost since as I record this. I mean, they play uh, Tuesday night of this week against Pittsburgh on the road. I fully expect Duke to win that game and then at home in an emotional game against North Carolina on March 5th. Um, you know, but as I record this, six wins in a row. And this team is incredibly capable because they can do everything on the floor and they have – look, they have great guard play, need it in March. Three-point shooting is elite. They rebound at both ends. One of the best rebounding teams in college basketball – um, the question for me, I think there's two for Duke, uh, where the trust factor comes in. Can they make a final four? Can they win four in a row to get there? Can they win six in a row to win the title? The first of which is going to be defensively, you know, now against Syracuse, it was different because they scored 97 points, but you know, they can't give up, you know, tons and tons of points. They got to be able to play defense. Um, and at times this year, we've seen some holes, whether they've gone man or they've gone zone. Uh, so defensively, if they bring it, they obviously have a wonderful chance. And then the other one is the freshmen in the tournament. You just don't know how they're going to play. Remember when Arizona lost uh, some years back to UB and DeAndre Ayton was, you know, the clear cut number one pick all year long, right? Right. They didn't show up because they just weren't motivated. I mean, you don't know how freshmen who are ready to bank millions of dollars to go to the NBA, you don't know how focused they are in the NCAA tournament. How will Paulo Bancaro, you know, respond to uh, March Madness? How will Trevor Keels respond to March Madness? Now, luckily, they've got some upperclassmen there, like Wendell uh, Wendell Moore Jr., who's a junior, um, you know, you've got Mark Williams in there, who's a sophomore now, who's gone through this year a little bit. A.J. Griffin, he's another freshman, though. How are they going to handle They have three major players in the starting five who are all freshmen. You know, Bancaro and Griffin and Keels. You just don't know how it's going to work. Remember when Jabari Parker was on Duke and they were a Final Four contender. A lot of people had him going, and they lost to Mercer in the first round. You don't know how those freshmen are going to react. So that's where I have uh, my eggs in the basket for Duke. Uh, that's where I have the crystal ball pointed for uh, Syracuse, you know, kind of moving forward here with a couple of games left. As I record this, we got the ACC tournament still to play, but it was just a joy to be there at the Carrier Dome to uh, see that uh, between Coach K and Jim Boeheim, two legendary coaches, two longtime and legendary friends. Uh, The relationship that they've forged, the impact on basketball, it has been certainly a treat to watch over the years. So congratulations to Mike Krzyzewski. And, uh, of course, we await to see how long Jim Beheim continues to play, uh, to coach, rather the Syracuse Orange. Before I get out of here, a quick word from NordVPN. Hey, what's more important than peace of mind? Absolutely nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you're online. And with all the threats that you face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, along with the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either. And plans start at under $4 per month. Wow. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe, B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your Nord VPN plan, plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. And also a word from our friends at Athletic Greens. Hey, tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and other huge, huge elements to start your day right. Hey, all you have to do is reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's pretty simple. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's athleticgreens.com slash believe, B-L-E-A-V, and uh, get it done right now. Athletic Greens allows you to take ownership of your health thanks for listening to the ml sports platter all over the major platforms like spotify stitcher deezer google apple you name it download and subscribe where you get podcasts on your smartphone device for example on your apple phone just go to your app uh, store type in podcast, see the purple button, tap that, and just type in ML Sports Platter, hit the follow button, and you will get new and archived episodes with the likes of Kel Ripken Jr., Bob Casas, Adrian Wojnarowski, Baseball Hall of Famers uh, Galore, uh, in addition to, and many, many others, former uh, Bills Center Eric Wood, and tons of other guests. Martan Bieran just came on from the MSG Network, so make sure you do that on your smartphone device. And we are also brought to you in part by Burn Dairy, Stanley Law Offices, the Vince Guerra Consulting Group, and your State Farm agent, Matt Graham. Get a free rate quote today if you're in and around the state of New York. Syracuseinsuranceagent.com, home auto life business and more. Matt Graham can help you out. Ask him about the rate drop, get a free rate quote and see if he can save you some money. Syracuseinsuranceagent.com. Go reach Matt Graham today of State Farm. I'm Mike Lindsley again here on the ML Sports Platter. At MikeL Sports on Twitter, ML Sports Platter on Instagram and on Facebook, and be on the lookout for my ML Sports takes on all the social platforms. And as I always tell you, enjoy the games.